4: To fully commit yourself to Satan.
1: Yes. Yeah! Boils and ghouls, lock your doors and strap yourselves in. From Los Angeles, California, Bloody Disgusting presents the Boo Crew Podcast: horror news, commentary, reviews, interviews, and more. With your hosts, Tim Timebomb, Leone D'Antonio, Lauren, and Trevor Shan, Austin Wilkin, and Rachel Tejada.
0: Let's go. Hey, I'm Leo. I'm Trevor. And I'm Lauren. And we're we're the the Moo Crew! Welcome to episode 65.
5: This week, one of our favorite actors shows up to babysit the crew, Jocelyn Donahue.
0: We talk about her work in the horror genre, including the incredible The House of the Devil, as it celebrates its 10-year anniversary. Order pizza with extra anchovies and relive the experience of being on set, dancing to the fix, and conjuring up unforgettable genuine terror. We go from
3: Connecticut to the further, in Jocelyn's adventures working with James Wan, improvising with Terrence Malick, up to and including the few things she can say about her experience with visionary game changer Mike Flanagan in the upcoming Doctor Sleep. First, what journey to Hell would be complete without a trip to the Sin Um, Ama. Shit I did there. Get on the walk, man, and press play. That's
4: bonkers. This is Jocelyn donahue and you are about to be strapped to a giant pentagram in the attic. At least you'll be listening to the latest episode of the Boo Crew while you're up there.
1: The Boo Crew, the freshest cuts of new stuff. Here's Sweet Screams. Death to the weak, wealth to the
2: strong. Stop drinking. You really want to face this over? Get that mean lady!
3: Joining us in this movie chat is one of our very best friends. Singer for the band, High Fox. Their newest album, Jawbreaker, is available now. A big horror influence for this band. They play with Marilyn Manson, Orgy, Head P.E., and more. You can Google their video, Nightmare Land, if you want to see something absolutely terrifying <laughs> with gas masks and cellophane. <laughs> Chrissy Fox joins us today.
2: Hey! Yeah.
3: <laughs> that video is mm-hmm. seriously disturbing Thank and awesome. <laughs> what is the story behind it? Where was it filmed?
2: It's very interesting actually that video, I directed it with Tyler from the band Theory of a Dead Man. We actually filmed it at his house in his unfinished creepy ass basement.
3: Wow, it has that look. Yeah, it, it looks just, like a torture room. Yeah, I just I went
2: in his basement once and I was like, I want to do a video in here and and so we had this song, it made perfect sense and then the cellophane thing was kind of really weird because because we were partway through the video and he had like all that plastic wrap for like if you're painting your house and stuff yeah. and they're like what if we just like wrap her up naked in it and then fill it with blood it'll just look really freaky and so we just did that on a whim and it actually ended up being like one of the creepiest parts of the video like I was like breathing in plastic and but yeah it was died. a. <laughs> I would have died the claustrophobia in me oh my god you have to really trust cause yeah you have to lay and you're like tight with your arms by your sides like nope. But, um, yeah, it was a really fun day, and when my best girlfriend, one of them, she's in every video randomly. She's, like, a total, like, hippie. She looks like Phoebe from Friends. Her name's Michelle, and we just, like, find ways to, like, incorporate her in she's all of in our videos. She's in that video? Yeah, well, and it's <laughs> for, like, two seconds, but we convinced her to let us tie her to a chair, put blood all over her face, and shoot champagne in her face, like, <laughs> oh, and she let oh, us do such it. a good friend. I know. <laughs> I, know. Wow.
0: I know. She's really she's like a stunt <laughs> woman. Yeah.
2: She's I your stunt did. woman. That all this came flooding back to me, but that was a really, really fun day. <laughs> Sounds
3: fun. Jeez. Was she in the goth swimming party video as well?
2: She was. She was in the Kiss Me, Kill Me video. She was played Bitch Fork. I think she's been in every video. I find like little weird things for her to do and she's not an actor and like not comfortable doing these things but I like give her characters so she like commits and it's pretty hilarious. <laughs>
3: like, <laughs> was she one of the goth cheerleaders in the last video in front of the car dancing oh, as you're no, That down? was the
2: only video I don't, Think I could get her in it because it just it wasn't it didn't make any sense. But right. that was that was the only that's the witch video. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. wish, but yeah, no, awesome. those girls were actually real dancers. But... That's my favorite video, the witch video. Thank you, yeah. especially
0: hearing the story of how you guys just did it on the whim, like oh, let's, let's drive, let's go do it. It was yeah. crazy. And the
2: the hearse we rented, the guy was like two hours late, and we had to do it before sundown, like <laughs> most of it. So we were like, go, go. It was the most insane day. We were like, police were chasing us. We did everything totally gorilla style, and it it worked out, which was pretty
3: fun. <laughs> also super creepy is the Light as a Feather video as well. Yeah. Oh,
2: thank you. Yeah. yeah, Like the little like behind the scenes, like the little mini movie we did. Yes, yes. That was once again actually in Tyler's backyard we filmed that. No way! <laughs> yeah. wow. All these memories are coming back to me. <laughs> you guys all have to do a video here. Uh Hell yeah. Anytime. Are you yeah. kidding <laughs> That would be so fun. I want to watch. <laughs> the Wall of the Dolls could be in it. <laughs>
3: yeah. I also wanted to point out that reading through the band's bio, you mentioned the movie Foxfire, which I've never heard anyone talk about it. I can't believe you actually know that in film.
2: Oh, I, I used to watch that movie like once a week. It's so great. I, I was so into that whole scene. And then, yeah. And then I saw like um, Girl Interrupted and then obviously like the craft. And I know they're all like kind of a little different, but they all had that same feel like that yeah. time and the female sexuality. I don't know. Right. It was just a really like powerful movie. I just, I loved Foxfire and it was on TV recently. And I just really, yeah, I just in the middle of the day watched the entire thing because it's just so, yeah. There's Mm -hmm. just something about it.
3: It's like a really early, like Angelina Jolie's in it and uh, Jenny Lewis is in it. Oh, yeah.
2: Yeah. Oh, like Rilo Kylie. From Rilo
3: Kylie, Jenny Lewis. I love Jenny Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. I love
2: Rilo Kylie.
3: Yeah. Okay, now I want to watch it. Great movie. It was really
2: good. Jawbreaker, obviously. That was another movie that had like that kind of weird, like, I don't know. It's something about like that 90s and early 2000s, like those movies that were, I don't know. They just did something. Yeah, there was uh,
3: definitely like some sort of rebellious spirit about them all. Jennifer's Body is another one of those movies. Oh, you know comes up a lot but that it really encapsulated that spirit as well that essence celebrating 10 years speaking of that this actually goes right into the movie we're going to talk about so satanic panic so it's based on a screenplay written by novelist Grady Hendrix who was the author behind my best friend's exorcism that is actually supposed to be turned into a film by Mm -hmm. our buddy Christopher Landon
5: wow happy
3: death day fame I
5: love Chris Landon
3: so Grady teamed up to write the original story with Ted Giogegan who wrote and directed 2015's we are still here among other genre projects it was directed by our Friend, the amazingly talented Chelsea Stardust. And it's a production of Fangoria and Aperture Entertainment. It had its world premiere at Overlook May 31st, 2019, and came out in limited theaters and VOD September 6th. Stars Rebecca Romaine, Jerry O'Connell, Haley Griffith, and Ruby Modine. A pizza delivery girl suffers the unfortunate circumstances of dropping off dinner to a satanic cult. Yikes. What did everyone think?
2: I yeah, thought it was thing. a fun movie. I, I mean, there's like this movement right now. I was actually texting Lauren about this about like female directors in horror that are coming up because that was like something that was lacking for a while. And I've seen a few movies recently that I loved or that were a lot of fun. And it was, they're like, I have this like different female energy, Revenge being one yep, of them. Revenge, and, yeah. and this one, I thought it was, this one's a little more campy, a little more fun. But um, I thought Jerry O'Connell was definitely one of the standout moments. <laughs> <in> the, <laughs> yeah. Movie, yes, you cannot miss his scene and the tidy whities. That was, Yes. yes, and
3: an unbelievable gore scene as well. Yes, I thought the gore in this movie was over the top. And amazing It did (laughs) remind me of Films of the 80s It definitely had that Mentality of it I I think They went really really far With the gore and practical effects Which I love
2: Yeah Yeah. I agree Like there was something about that It usually doesn't bother me And I was like This is making me nauseous Like I was looking away And it was kind of just Yeah
0: Same with Lauren Uh, At one
2: point I said Okay I gotta look away (laughs) Because it's just like
5: It's too gross right now
3: And it just keeps going And the guy who did it All the effects was Tate Stenzik And he actually did Oculus Amazing Spider. Spider-Man in the new Puppet Master movie and he like shines on this. Yeah. There's puppet effects, creatures, practical gore. It's pretty bloody.
2: Yes. I want some of the props.
3: Lots of good props. Yeah.
2: This is true. And one of the main stars of this movie was the mom jeans. We, we were talking about them like the whole time. We're like, where did she get those jeans? I was like, staring at them because
3: it's not like a period piece, right? No. It's not, it doesn't take place in the 80s. Although like the score is very 80s. Oh, the score, by the way, I loved.
2: Yeah. When she was driving in that beginning scene I was just like there's something about this music was pretty powerful actually I dug the score a
3: lot I don't know if it's a group or one person but it's called Wolfman of Mars who did all the music for it if you look up their like SoundCloud or whatever you'll hear a lot of stuff that's in that vein it's really cool like 80s synth horror sounds they did a great job I really enjoyed it man I was
0: really surprised how much I really enjoyed it because I wasn't sure what to expect for some odd reason this is the year of satanic everything right (laughs) it really is not just Crew guests, <laughs> yeah. Three Twin Pan. Temple.
3: We had that the Satanist uh, satanic band Twin yeah, Temple, who were and, amazing.
0: And then amigo the devil, amigo the devil. You know, in terms of the movies, we just saw Ready or Not. That's right. And then Titanic Panic. And then we're talking about mom jeans of the eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Not that long ago, we were discussing about the movie uh, House of the Devil. House of the Devil. Well, that's so, right. He's coming. <laughs> I had a blast watching um Haley Griffith and Ruby Modine. Those two in the movie were just on fire.
3: And Haley Griffith not having been in I think this is her first feature oh length shit. lead role. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, she does some TV stuff, but it looks like this is her first like real oh, that's funny. breakout film. She was fucking awesome.
5: Yeah, man. she was really good. I feel like when I do stuff for the first time, it sucks. Like when I first <laughs> baked a cake, it was horrible. How do people do stuff so good the first time? <laughs>
0: she knocked it out of the park. I love her. She's just running around the movie like the world's gone mad and she's just trying to survive. And then she gets paired up with Ruby Modine's character, Judy. It's just comedy
3: genius. I mean, I just couldn't stop laughing. Yeah,
2: they had good chemistry. Oh my God.
3: And amazing. I mean, Ruby Modine had the best lines.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, for sure.
3: And again, the writing made me think of Jennifer's body. Yes. Yeah, exactly. I can see
2: that. Just, you know, the female energy, there's something different.
3: It's palpable when you watch the movie. It's
2: just strong and kick ass
3: that says it and
2: rebecca <laughs> romaine never isn't hot so you know yeah she sold the soul her soul she, to the devil i think right, so that's right. true that yeah. was
3: really cool to see her in that role that whole cast of cult members was pretty damn awesome
2: oh yeah. and jeff daniel phillips a good friend yes. of mine he was in that i was very he's one of the cult members yeah, that's right and i had no idea when i started watching him i'm like wait it's jdp yeah. what the hell yeah. it was really awesome to see him in that
3: now where did he come from the first time i ended up seeing him was probably lords of salem was yeah. maybe the yeah. first time I saw. Him. He's
2: been in a bunch Of Rob's movies I believe Halloween 2 Was his first one He was
3: like The spook show host Yeah and then
2: um, Yeah and he's He's reoccurred in Like you said Lords of Salem And he's in the new one Coming out as well Three from Hell He's such a good actor And such a cool guy So I was excited To see him in that
0: You know I was going back (laughs) Thinking to the conversation We had with uh, Chelsea When she was here She was saying Was was that the dentist's house In Texas somewhere Yeah it was a
3: dentist's house That was an actual house Filmed on location And he had a water wow. park shit. in the back of there. Really? Like a full yeah. on water Where? park. Where? What,
2: what city was this? Was it, uh, it's in Texas.
0: Texas, Houston, I think.
3: Yeah, somewhere down but there. But
2: the house is incredible. That, yeah, it was pretty amazing.
3: <laughs> no, I was really impressed with the house. That was the first question I asked Chelsea, because I'm all about fucking houses.
2: Uh, yeah, you're <laughs> always about all
3: Like, I'll like places. a movie just because it's got a cool house. Yeah, which yeah, okay, so
2: movie part. did you like it's just true. because you like that? Oh, I love Winchester. I just wanted to find a way to bring that up. Yes, exactly.
5: Thank you, Christine. I like watched it twice. I know. You just watched pink recently well crimson yeah. pink
2: was amazing well
3: we went to the winchester mystery house because of the movie and then i watched the movie again I know. and i love it i love that movie
2: i literally have not seen you since that without you bringing <laughs> that up that's it's amazing funny. you're so pumped about it
3: i don't know just anything yeah anything from the cool house i'm in yeah. well
2: you guys have the cool house
3: oh, well, oh thank, well, thank you, you. I, i'm dreaming of winchester and uh what's the other cool house movie sorry so scary stories to tell in the dark at a oh, great yeah. house yeah did you see that one
2: I did. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, Disney. I thought it was a lot of fun. Haunted
5: Mansion.
3: Eddie Murphy's uh, mm-hmm. the Haunted Mansion movie. A lot of people don't pay mind to that movie, but I thought the set-wise, uh, brilliant. I love that movie. It's fun. I don't know what problem what people problem have a problem with that movie.
5: <laughs> See you can't even I can't say even it. articulate
3: it. <laughs> it a proper 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 proper. <laughs> Anyone else have anything to say about uh satanic panic? It had a cool theme song. Yeah, Didn't it so start it. off with a
2: satanic panic? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's great. Definitely worth checking out. I loved it. Yeah, yeah, it was a lot of fun, especially coming up on Halloween. Get grossed out and drink some wine and just enjoy.
3: They are summoning Baphomet, a big demon from hell. And when that clock strikes twelve, he's going to rip you open.
1: Go ahead, scream. That's all we need. Another victim crawls onto the gurney for a Boo Crew autopsy. Talk to me, Lord.
3: Joining the Boo Crew in the Speakeasy studio is a phenomenal talent and one of the most compelling actors working not only in genre, but in film today. She is mesmerizing to watch bring stories to life, and her fearless and adventurous spirit has led her to do exactly that for an impressive list of some of the most creative minds in cinema. She is no doubt the actor handpicked for when a production wants to achieve something truly unique and special. There is a mystique about her. She's appeared in countless commercial campaigns for some of the world's biggest brands, numerous short films and features. It was 2009's incredible portrayal of Samantha in Ty West's brilliant The House of the Devil where her next chapter began. She took home the Screamfest Award for Best Actress that year. She lit the screen on fire and brought us right along with her on the most terrifying journey anyone had seen in decades. She went on to star in James Wan's Insidious Chapter 2. He put her in Furious 7. Her reign continued in orange Shays spectacular film Noir the Frontier. 2016's Dead Awake with a script by Final Destination writer Jeffrey Reddick. A film called summer camp produced by Peter Safran who produced the Conjuring films in Aquaman she worked with groundbreaking filmmaker Terrence Malick and is about to return to the screen and even more influential projects including the much anticipated sequel to The Shining Doctor Sleep by one of the people keeping horror absolutely invigorated Mike Flanagan can you believe this amazing trajectory we are absolutely beside ourselves to welcome Jocelyn Donahue yeah! Yeah!
0: what a warm welcome thank you
3: well thank you so much much for making the time. But when we started this podcast, like I guess it was tail end of two years ago, yep. you literally are one of the very first guests that we wanted to speak to. Oh, yes. wow. Yeah, for
4: sure. Oh, you honor me. be oh, <laughs> hey here, guys, thank you.
3: <laughs> so, are you currently in the middle of a project right now? What are you doing, like this very second?
4: Let's see. This second, I'm back to the grind of auditioning and yeah. I'm excited for Doctor Sleep to come out in yes. a couple months. And I have a few things kicking around, but it's always about waiting for those final pieces of financing to come in, but. There's 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 a few things percolating. You've been in some of
5: our favorite horror films. Are you a fan of the genre? For sure. I mean,
4: yes. (laughs) It's always great to hear. (laughs) It's interesting how your frame of reference changes, you know, just like any viewer. But when I was a kid, I really wasn't allowed to watch much. Like my mom was pretty protective and kind of an innocent, sensitive person. So she was always, I was never allowed to watch anything, but of course that makes it forbidden fruit that you want to see, you know. But I always loved to read. So I feel like my first, like, I was really affected by Gothic stories first Like, I remember reading A Telltale Heart When I was in elementary school And being really freaked out by wow. that And The Monkey's Paw And all these, like, old stories right, right. And also growing up in New England, like kind of being obsessed with like the Salem Witch Trials and all yes. that and then I got really into Goosebumps and that was like right around the time when I was like 10 or 12 where the original ones were coming out so got really into like Night of the Living Dummy it was really freaked me out <laughs> when I first saw things it was like always at other people's houses the first one that I really remember seeing was Poltergeist you know and oh. I was at a sleepover the last one awake and, and that really stayed with me and I, <laughs> the tree scene uh, and you know when the mom gets like dragged up the wall yes. that really stayed with me
0: <laughs> It's usually the tree or the clown. And
4: clown, <laughs> Yes, of course, you <laughs> see the path from the Night of the Living Dummy to the clown and the poltergeist, <laughs> and yeah, always doll stuff really freaked me out. And then also, like, whenever I caught a glimpse of the Crypt Keeper uh, from Tales of the Crypt, I was just like, uh, I, I That really, like, the decomposing flesh and the, just like, that was my first gore body stuff that I ever saw and that really also. And then, you know, getting to work in it, you get introduced to more and more from filmmakers that you work with or things that they reference and, and just as you get older you're you know you see more and more so
3: any favorites along the way that were you you able to enjoy them and appreciate them
4: there's so many now i remember ty introduced me to a lot when i you know when we were working on house of the devil that was the first time i had seen stuff like don't look now and suspiria and black christmas and all the like those 70s classics that are so gorgeous and i love that style of filmmaking more recently like i love Annihilation was incredible a couple years ago and I love those books as well I loved Ex Machina as well Alex Garland's feature before that we were just talking about Hereditary which was mind-blowingly good when it's like that emotionally devastating and scary you know it's something special
3: did you like Midsummer? did you see that yet I haven't seen it yet oh you're in for a treat and then we mentioned Jennifer's body too
4: yes Yeah. yeah that was I mean that's such a great film and just so scary because it's stuff you haven't seen on film before but it's stuff that women think about a lot you you know like the sacrifice rape scene these are just like normal dudes like these you know indie rock band dudes and it's not some like monster under a bridge like these are people that you know and that you
3: that are scary in real life yeah and the way that scene also was played out too it had this weird uncomfortable Humor to it too. Like when they were singing. Mm-hmm. Remember, like uh, yeah. 8675309 right. while they were sacrificing her, and it was yeah. very unsettling. Yeah,
4: exactly. <laughs> like they're so dismissive and cavalier about it, but she's completely traumatized. And, you know, both of their performances, Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox, were just amazing yeah. in that. That's a real piece of feminist horror. Yeah, yeah.
3: celebrating its 10 year release, actually, just mm-hmm. in a few weeks here, That's too. Right. When you were mentioning some of those 70s movies and things, were those things that Ty had kind of supplied to you to prepare for that role?
4: Mm hmm. I mean a couple of them he asked me to revisit some things that I hadn't seen and some of them were suggestions I know him how much he loves the changeling with George C. Scott that was that was big
0: that was a great one
4: yeah I remember he also told me to watch like Karate Kid and the Burbs
0: as well <laughs> oh so wow like running
4: the gamut of, that's great yeah. I love <laughs> That's yeah. <laughs> so good
0: I want to know why was Mr. Miyagi scary <laughs> uh,
4: those are more I think about like the ennui of like being a young person in transition or like right. you know being introspective or unsure about your your future and something throws you off your course so can you talk a little bit about what was your path to becoming an actor was not a straight line like looking back I see the steps but I wasn't really acting as a child I mean I didn't start until after college really I went to school for sociology and history I come from like a family of teachers and thought I would probably do that teachers and librarians I went to NYU so when I was there I had friends who were in the film school and I did act in some of like their student films I also started working in wardrobe so that was like my first experience on set from there I guess a few photographers like asked to work with me as a model. So I went from wardrobe stylist assistant to model. Then when I moved out to California, I had friends who were doing commercials. So they took my pictures in. So I started doing commercials and then that kind of led to film and TV work. You just p- saying yes to opportunities you know when they were there and just trying things even though it was scary do you think if you weren't an actor what you would be I guess I'd probably want to be a teacher that's awesome yeah but who knows you know like it, you just never know where life is going to take you so that's <laughs> for sure <Yeah.
3: laughs> Ty West's phenomenal film obviously The House of the Devil take us along with you on that experience how did you become involved in the project and this project really changed a lot of things yep.
4: oh that's so cool I, it's 10 years Anniversary for us as well this year. Oh, no way. Yeah, it's wild.
0: We're going to bust out the champagne in a second. (laughs) (laughs)
4: Let's do it. That was, I mean, I was just so fortunate for that to be my first lead role. I had worked on a a film called The Burrowers, which was like a Western creature feature Mm -hmm. by this guy, JT Petty, who's super smart, very great guy, great filmmaker. And I think maybe they knew some of the same people. House of the Devil was just like a straight casting experience I mean I, I knew the casting director a little bit she also does commercials so everything kind of lined up there where I did get to get in the room and then I remember it was a long audition process like I probably met with Ty maybe four times and we talked about it a lot and yeah and then next thing you know I was in Connecticut shooting and I'm also from Connecticut so I like got to go home and <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: Aww, that's he's, so cool. he's like yeah. thinking hey we're making a movie <laughs> yeah. in Hollywood nope <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so yeah back 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 to your <laughs>
4: did your parents visit you on the set they did didn't come to set I didn't really want them there on yeah. most nights I mean some on some of like the just strolling around the house they probably could have been there but it was really like my first thing so I really wanted to just focus on being there and, yeah that's you know, true not take myself out of it it was great I mean I can't imagine a better feature to be on because I got to learn so much I felt like part of the crew I mean I was in almost every shot so I got to be there all the time and I learned a lot just from watching every department and especially Ty he's such a meticulous filmmaker yeah. you know he really knew what he wanted and he's a great communicator and and it was just fun it was also just like a lot of young people out in the middle of the woods like in the middle of nowhere so
3: yeah to have that as one of your earlier first features in that role there is a lot of time spent solo almost more than a lot of other films that have come out before and since and you do this tremendous job of selling the mood and the tone of that story that's what pulls everybody in and that's the thing that everybody takes away from that film having your craft being directed by Ty, who is someone who puts so much emphasis on performance and intention and character and takes his time elevating all of that. What did you learn about your skills as an actor going through that process? And how did you come out of the other side of that? where you are just like, oh my God. It
4: was interesting because that was a character that I of course could really relate to. You know, I was in my early twenties and I had just gone through that, like the introspection of what am I going to do and why am I here and how am I going to make this work and how am I going to pay my rent and all of those like worries and uncertainty that she was feeling. I definitely understood and the thing about being alone on camera is that you really do have to pull from inside you know you're not really working when I did get to work with Greta and AJ and Mary and everybody that was awesome but like all the time that I was alone it was kind of just about just living it like feeling like she would feel walking around a a creepy house all by herself so I'm not a method actor but I did like it you I really was doing those things so that kind of made it easier mostly from Ty I just learned like he has just like every element is telling the story it's the camera work it's the of course all the sound design that comes after is so important to his work too but of course the wardrobe and the production design is just like impeccable and he's just a great decision maker like he knows what he wants he knows how to get it he knows how to communicate it and he also is open to ideas from everybody else so it
3: was just a cool.
0: environment. It's funny you mentioned the set design because yeah. you know, after we saw the movie most of us here had the same experience where let's do some research let's let's see where Jocelyn is today 25 years <laughs> later what has she been doing the last yeah. 25 years? I thought that movie yeah. was an actual 80s movie. Well this I mean, is like it was
3: pre yeah. Stranger Things right and it was yeah. set in that 80s era and to me this film was the catalyst of that perfecting that throwback.
4: Mm. What's funny to me now is that the jeans are back in style like, yes. back then, yeah, was right. like back then I was like oh mom jeans and now it's like they're right. they're just the jeans I'm wearing right now <laughs> <laughs> so fun to play in a period piece of course like and especially the 80s and like you say this is not like the neon bright 80s this is like the muted late 70s early 80s look like I love my wardrobe I loved my hair yellow yeah, um, hair yeah there is a funny story actually there was an injury on set because the hairstylist her name's Danielle she also played mother in the sacrifice scene oh, okay uh, yes. yeah yeah she was in the special effects makeup but oh, wow. wonderful hair and make makeup super talented she also works in special effects but like my hair you know I was trying to get volume all the time so I was constantly <laughs> doing the head flip and spray and yeah. brush it out and do the hairspray yeah, totally. and once I mistimed it and totally head butted her chin oh, no. and, her flip, and I still I feel so bad about it this <laughs> I was mortified was like the, the dangers of doing an 80s film
3: <laughs> the movie actually did share the production design or the art director right from yes, Stranger Things
4: exactly yeah. Yeah, Which Chris is crazy. Rio, yeah. And Jade Healy, who, did, who's a, who was the production designer on House of the Devil, she is just brilliant. Like, I mean, all of her work is so great. She works a lot with David Lowry. She did like Ghost Story and a whole bunch of things, but she's super talented.
3: There would be no Stranger Things without Jocelyn Dunn. Sure. Yeah. No. No. The the right? Well, Come you. on. Let's be honest here.
4: One of my favorite
5: scenes is the dancing scene. I was just going to say that. Yeah. Like Leads to another <laughs> yes. by the fix. I just wanted to
4: know if that was improvised or that was always in the script. I just love it. It's like (laughs) my favorite. uh, It was very fun to shoot. And you can imagine like it was just like this outlet of releasing this tension because we pretty much shot consecutively. Oh, wow. Yeah. So that was like halfway through the shoot. So we had done a lot of like the languid sad, like, walk bored walking around and just ratcheting up the tension, too, and starting to get scary. But that night, it was just so much fun. Like, the music blasting. It was always in the script. I mean, just, like, dance montage, you know? It just didn't... That was all it really said.
0: Were you actually listening to that song?
4: Yes. Oh, you
3: were? Like, over and over again? How (laughs) many takes, eventually, did you end up doing? Uh,
4: I mean, we were on film, so it wasn't as many as it would have been if it was digital. Maybe, like, five, four or five times (laughs) of the whole song, or, or... Maybe like three times of the whole song and then like a couple, you know, where we broke it up upstairs or downstairs. It was just super, super fun. And <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm sure I would love to see actually the, the footage that they, they right exactly. Use. <laughs> I'm sure there's some funny, corny dance moves in there. <laughs>
3: did you plan when you were going in Were you like, okay, these are the moves I'm going to do? Or did just like go? Like, mm, I kinda,
4: I feel like I just flew by the seat of yeah. my pants. I mean, I, I was dancing around to that song. Like I was listening to it yeah. in preparation and I ho- had a whole playlist of what Sam would be Listening to, but then when the music came on, I, I just went with it.
3: <laughs> and it brought nice. such a creepy tone to that song now, and you'll never hear it the same way again.
5: Did anything creepy happen in that house? Did you feel any like ghost presence or paranormal? Or the house was infested with ladybugs.
3: Oh wow! wow. Did Ty
4: tell you that when he was in? No, no, yeah. no
3: he <laughs> mentioned he didn't mention that. Yeah,
4: it was pretty wild. There were like. I don't know how many, but there were a huge volume of ladybugs in this house, and they kept on flying into the lights, and so it smelled like sulfur. Or oh anywhere. my so god! They would just of, explode, probably kind of when de- they hit the lights. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Brimstone, sulfur, and brimstone. Yeah. I don't remember anything in that house. I mean, we were staying at the Yankee Peddler, yes. where yes. Ty ended up shooting the innkeeper. So there, there was like people. Where everyone was having weird dreams, and
3: were you and, part of that? Were you staying there?
4: Yes, and I don't know if that's from the haunting or if it's just from. From like when you're in a weird location and shooting nights and you're all out of whack. I do remember having bad dreams. But I feel like there was some story about, I think when we were in a wardrobe fitting, somebody took a picture. There's something weird about the mirror, but definitely the Yankee Peddler was the haunted place, not the house. I think. Right, right.
3: <laughs> How did that role become pivotal for you? Because a lot of people saw you in that movie and it's, on, I mean, it's on all of our top five lists probably of all time. Wow. Yeah, literally. Yeah. I think that goes across the board. Okay. Almost yeah. every horror fan I've talked to, every director we've had in here usually mentions House of the Devil in your performance. Yep. You've had to have heard that well, um, time and time again.
4: Like I say, I just feel so fortunate to be paired up with Ty because he's such a, a visionary and he was like ahead of this curve of the 80s recreating that world and paying homage to all of the classics. And I just feel very lucky that I did get my start in this genre because it's, you know, all of the things that it has led to. And I know James, who I worked with on Insidious, like, he mentioned that to me and I'm sure that's part of of the reason why I was on his radar and it's one thing one thing leads to another.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that I gotta so you know, awesome. got ask you about uh, that, that scene where your character and Greta uh, where you guys meet Tom Noonan for the first time at mm-hmm. the door because
4: mm-hmm.
0: he's five feet taller than you guys.
4: I think he is like six, seven, maybe. Wow. He is He's very, very tall. He puts out that vibe and Mary too. They're both like these imposing they have this physicality about them and of course they and when they amp it up it, like to play those characters it was very creepy and yeah you just feel like unsettled it's disturbing yeah <laughs> but they're like the loveliest people but then when they're in those scenes like you can see that all right they're satanists.
5: right
3: so we're getting your real reaction that's part of this magic of this
4: did you take anything from the yes. set so let's yes, yes yes so I have um, I have Sam's hat and scarf nice. and, so and Squatch cool. watch oh, um, cool. I did want the outfit but the were from a rental house so I couldn't keep that. Oh, you and track that down. Yeah. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know I also, what you're doing tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My favorite thing that I still have on my bookshelf is I have a little bust of Lincoln that was from the office like where oh. Sam puts the glasses on and like oh. swivels around in the chair. Yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, which I love and see every day. So, oh, that's yeah. so cool.
3: <laughs> and you also took A.J. Bowen with you <laughs> along <laughs> on a few other film adventures.
4: And vice versa. Yeah. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's been very cool to keep working with AJ yeah, on the frontier was was great and we definitely had more of like a head-to-head another head-to-head matchup in that film his work and I trap the devil yeah, I, I I'm yeah. kind of just like a very small piece of the puzzle in that but thanks to AJ and Scott because they're just great people and they bring like you say like the community kind of takes care of each other and it's great to work with the same people over and over.
3: No, he's fantastic.
4: Yeah, such a good actor and a lover of the genre.
3: So you went on to be cast, as you're saying, in the James Wan universe, playing the young Lorraine Lambert in Insidious Chapter 2. Here we have another iconic creative force in James, a person who was very much into the meticulous choreography of Fear, mm-hmm. I guess you would say. What was the experience like working on that level with James?
4: Yeah, I mean, like you say, just such a heavy hitter and so prepared and knowledgeable and has the answer to every question and that was a fun shoot like the stuff in the hospital we shot in an abandoned asylum somewhere downtown or it might have been like Boyle Heights ish so that was eerie vibes in there and and then the house also is this the Lambert's houses in Highland Park which is Victorian like up on a hill it's this very unique place and like you say yeah he just knows he knows what the shot's gonna be and he knows how to sell it he knows how to get the biggest scare and he knows when to reveal and he knows just knows every beat so he's just a great filmmaker
3: and you're just so good at translating the oh, stuff it's you. so awesome another unique experience i'm sure was working with terrence malick in king of cups an insane cast everybody's in this movie antonio yeah. banderas christian bale natalie portman the list goes on all his stuff is like improvised right
4: yeah so this so knight of cups was um I was on set for one day and it was like this wild party scene I don't know if you guys have seen the film Mm -hmm. but and I mean you'll if you blink you'll miss me in the film but at least (laughs) I did make it into a Terrence Malley film which is wild and to be on set with him was such a privilege and I was one of his torpedoes as they're known which is so he just kind of sends someone in to throw the protagonist kind of off or see how they react And, and you kind of know what your character is representing but that's kind of about it like nobody is as far as I knew I had a script that day and it was very creative and of course like nerve-wracking at first right Julia. <laughs> but then once you get into the swing of any kind of does things like in a loop where you just like keep going over the moving around the same space torpedoing in and doing something the same or something different and you kind of just get like you catch the vibe and then you're just part of it so right. it was a it was a really great day it was really fun
3: <sighs> was it the pool party <laughs> scene yeah. with Antonio it was like and Christian. a
4: dog's birthday yeah party yeah, right yeah, yeah, yeah 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 right. <laughs> yeah and well, the house was wild. It like looked like Versailles. You know? yeah. It was like this incredible opulence mansion. Somewhere.
3: Where was that? Was that local? LA? Like, it
4: was like Coldwater Canyon or wow. something like that.
3: What was your reaction when you got that call to be, I mean, Terrence Malick and Badlands and all these incredible yeah. movies. I mean, He's were you just master. like, what the?
4: Yes. I was just <laughs> freaking out. And of course, like those moments, you really, really just you're just so grateful and you just celebrate those moments because that's, you know, you don't don't know what's going to happen with it, but just to to have that and to like, it was just a real privilege. (laughs) So
0: I can imagine it must be nuts working on a set with him. I mean, in the sense that he's such a master at cinematography, well, he will wait for that precise second, mm-hmm. over sunset or sunrise, whatever, to start rolling. Mm-hmm. I mean, you gotta nail it. You know, it's gonna. You know, I can imagine as an actor, it'd drive me crazy. Yeah.
3: I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, his motto is what: "Let's begin before we're ready." Yeah,
4: <laughs> yeah exactly. It's he like, never calls action or cut. Like you just kind of keep going, and until he finds it. And I know a lot of the times, like he finds things in the editing room as well, too. Like he'll just like. Collect all these paint strokes and then make the painting in the editing room. Wow. Yeah. He's like, and he's just, his vibe is like this spiritual grandfather figure, like just a wonderful person. And he was awesome. Did you learn anything on that set that you've taken with you on further projects? Yeah I mean that was a real it was like I say like a challenge to kind of like let it all go and to just okay I'm here like let's play let's be comfortable let's because I don't really I don't have much like improv experience I'm sure that's something that they have a lot of skill at but like in the dramatic world you don't get that as much so just trying to just feel good and go with the flow you know you can't always control what it's going to be like on set and like he did make it a very warm environment where you did feel like you could try things and to be like on a movie like that that's like a huge stature and I usually don't get that opportunity like sometimes you get to do that on indie films where you're more collaborative but so yeah to be asked to collaborate that way it's like kind of like okay let's be zen and like meditate through this and see what comes out (laughs) so cool
3: (laughs) going on with impossible situations and crazy roles we just recently watched dead awake oh yeah (laughs) where you play opposite yourself <laughs> so let's talk a bit about how that's set up.
4: That was a lot of like blocked off shots. I had a great double. She was one of the producers on the film as well. We would block out the scenes first and I I would kind of show her what I was going to do for and my body language and right. the timing and everything. And <sighs> and then so she would she was great. She would like match what I did and then I would switch and do it again. And but that was it was so interesting and a great challenge and a great opportunity to play both sides of a relationship to think about how they treat each other and how they behave and, and then to do it all myself like that was a very creative cool process so I loved Jesse Bradford I was yeah.
5: like wow he has like <laughs> facial hair and yeah, I was like what yeah. <laughs> I was like is
4: that were you a fan of Swimfan did you see yes, that yes of course I yes! love Swim nice! Um what's funny is that those were extensions that he had for like a, a different role oh, really? and I think oh, he like funny. kept them yeah I know they were driving him crazy by the end of the shoot but they were great for the character like the tortured artist you know? Yeah, <laughs> and he played it so well. Yeah. It was so fun. <laughs> well,
3: speaking of that film and props and things, there's a, a, obviously a painting of your character that exists somewhere. What happened with that?
4: Yes, I know the direct. There's a couple of them. The director, Philip Guzman, he has one of them. And one of them I was supposed to have and I don't know what happened to it. And I, I will follow up on it. But like I think someone was supposed to be like driving it from Texas to L.A. And then it got lost in transit and I don't know what happened oh. to it but I'll find it <laughs> please do that's yeah. awesome
3: there's also really cool at your dream journal too yes yeah amazing
4: yeah that was actually what was cool about that was it was the makeup artist's daughter who was interning in the art department and she just like they gave her like okay here's your task and that's she awesome. killed it like I spent a lot of time just looking at it and like in the scenes it was really helpful and she was it, it was cool like it was she very well thought out <laughs>
1: so, that's so cool yeah. yeah it
3: was really creepy looking too yeah. and that was drawings awesome. <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. How did they do that scene where you're lying down, the spider mm-hmm. comes on your eyeball, yeah,
4: yes. and
3: then one single tear rolls down as it hits? The beautiful scene. <laughs> yeah.
4: Thank you. The, the tear was all me, and the spider was all CGI. So. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, how did you... Wow.
3: Okay, how did you... You just cry. Are you a good crier on demand? How did that... I
4: mean, I'm getting there. I, it's not always... Like, there's some tricks, and sometimes being really tired helps, which you always are on a parachute. On yeah. But
3: the way they did that, they... Like, one single just beefy tear just (laughs) right as soon as i think it was awesome oh thank you yeah that was great (laughs) 2015's summer camp yes that thing spun the zombie genre on its head mm-hmm. and developed its own mythology in that process as well yeah. so where did you film that did they actually do that by the way send kids to abandoned manors in Spain or wherever it was to, for <laughs> totally. summer camp probably
4: I mean yeah we did shoot in Barcelona like oh, outside wow. of Barcelona it was it was a whole Spanish crew and the director is Spanish and it's the producers that did wreck the opportunity to go to Spain and to shoot a film was incredible and then the movie itself was campy <laughs> campy it's like, it was of course summer camp that's why. right <laughs> <laughs> stupid pun but um for me it was fun to get to play like a bitchy prima donna like usually i'm like girl next door and so this was fun to get to be kind of the a mean girl the nasty one also to play we all had to be zombies for about 15 minutes in this movie yeah. um but like you say it was kind of innovative because then it wears off and then you realize all right i just killed my friend they're not a zombie right, anymore, so.
3: right. <laughs> also great franchise potential there yeah, this nice. idea could go on and on and on on. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially the way it ends. No spoilers, but it's (laughs) pretty amazing.
4: (laughs) Yeah. That was a fun day for sure. What
3: was the prosthetic like when you were going through your transformation? I think
4: that was probably the most prosthetics I've ever done. I mean, it was kind of like black veins along all over the neck and the like black contacts. And also like we had like nasty teeth. That was the hardest part.
3: (laughs) And what about developing your rage persona? Was that fun? Just to go nuts?
4: Yes. Yeah. What was
0: the inspiration for that?
4: I don't know. I feel like I was, like, just listening to a lot of,
3: like... <laughs> Metal? Yes.
4: Um, yeah, I just was, like, amping myself up. I remember I was doing, like, a lot of, like, jumping squats and, like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> getting the adrenaline
3: going. Along the way, you've also appeared in some really amazing anthology films recently, like Holidays and All the Creatures Were Stirring. Mm-hmm. So many fun things. Is there a certain criteria that you look for when you approach project? Does it just have to be fun?
4: Each one is different and sometimes it's like the overall the project the people who are working on it mostly it's the material and the role and the story whatever that is if it's a short film or a feature even if your character is a supporting role or not the most fleshed out like if they are in service to a great story then that's what's important
3: let's talk about Mike Flanagan recently right Yeah, Yeah. exactly (laughs) so you've you've been cast as Lucy Mm -hmm. correct in Mike Flanagan's Doctor Sleep a sequel to The Shining so Mike Flanagan, obviously, Haunting of Hill House, Hush, Oculus, Ouija, Origin of Evil. Are you a fan of Flanagan? Of course. First of all. Yeah. yeah.
4: I mean, I've been a fan of his work since Oculus. Uh, I mean, I read for that years ago. Oh, I wow. remember reading the script and thinking like, oh wow, I want this. <laughs> like This is incredible. He's just so good at like all of his stuff has this sentimentality and like the it's like the legacy of trauma like how like trauma haunts people and families and stays with you and can be horrific and can manifest in scary ways and that's why I feel like he's a great person to adapt King's work and Gerald's Game did that and Dr. Sleep is <laughs> going to do that and Hill House is so beautiful and accomplished like what they do is just mind blowing and all the female relationships I was really touched by and he's just so good at doing he nails the family stuff and that's why when the horror happens like you just you're devastated you're so scared for them and you don't want it to happen and you you're right there with them because you relate so much
5: yeah I keep telling my friends I have friends that don't like horror I still don't know why I'm friends with them (laughs) (laughs) I I still love them and I'm like, no, you have to watch this because if you even if you take the horror out, Mm -hmm. it's still this like dynamic between this family, Mm -hmm. this drama. And you have like strong female characters. Mm -hmm. And I've had some friends that have watched it and they're like, it's actually amazing. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I mean, that's the power of uh, storytelling. It doesn't matter what genre it is, but like that's what cinema can do or, or TV. That's what's so interesting, too, is that all this great content is happening in episodics now, too. that's oh, right. crazy. But yeah, it just has the, you know, stuff that has the power to move you and make you empathize with people that you normally wouldn't or teach you something or remind you something about yourself. He has that profound, <laughs> he, he can do that.
3: When did you get the call for that role? When did that? It must have been years ago now, right? For Oculus? Mean, no, for, um dr, uh, Sl- dr. Sleep? sleep yeah last year oh wow um, last okay. summer
4: mm, i had my sides i hadn't read the book yet so like i w- i knew i can't say too much yeah, about yeah, this yeah, of course. you know right. and eventually like once i learned like who the the characters are and who this world is and uh, of course like just what a gift to be part of like the continuation of the shining is just mind-blowing <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, as a fan and as an actor like it's just it's mind-blowing
3: did you get to have any one-on-ones just talking with mike
4: yeah you know he's someone you want to like hear all his stories and all his references and all his influences and that's what's like so cool about being an actor and now working in the genre for over a decade like you're kind of always like pulling and grabbing everybody's knowledge and expertise and bringing that on to the next thing i've just been so fortunate that like all these directors are just so enamored by the genre that i like i feel like now i know all the not not all of it. You can just keep learning, but they gave me such great references and material.
3: Do you consciously go looking for projects that reinvent the game? Or are they just seeming to be the ones that find you right
4: now? Oh, that's so nice. I mean, you don't really get to seek out in the same way. Like, as an actor, you're kind of, you know, I'm sure you've heard people talk about like that you have to be given permission to like act on somebody else's project. So I feel like I've just been very fortunate with the people I've worked with.
3: That's, I mean, it's so exciting to watch. Seriously, <laughs> it's really like it, the future is just going to be, it's going to be crazy.
5: Halloween is sort of on the horizon. Mm-hmm. What is your ideal Halloween?
4: Like, what do you do? I I love to dress up and walk around early and see the kids. And like I told you where I live, which so that's like a huge, oh, oh, that's, yeah, yeah you live in the
3: center <laughs> yeah. of Halloween. That's amazing. Um,
4: so, yes, that's a fun tradition. And, and then, yeah, I like to do an adult party uh, on a weekend too. <laughs> yeah. Nice. yeah, do you go to like haunted houses, like Universal or not Or I'm kind of what's funny is that I'm, I'm a real wimp about those things, and yeah. I always have been. I remember like as a kid, like being really freaked out by haunted houses, and even still like i don't i get scared easily like if someone like jumps out and yeah out, i will be too freaked out so <laughs>
3: that makes you the most fun person to bring no, along no, on no, things okay. like that
0: <laughs> yes. seeing how big the horror genre is just getting bigger and bigger and it's not just with movies but now mm-hmm. you have these great tv shows and speaking of fun again we have the the haunting you know, the blind manor coming out that mm-hmm. series there's all these roles you can take that are not horror genre but then it seems like you now come back to it are you enjoying the, the horror genre process or i mean the experiences do you see yourself like wanting to do more of it
4: of course i mean it's all like you say it's just getting more and more integrated into what like what people see all the time like it is just not that it wasn't accepted before but it is becoming more mainstream and more visible and more just more projects happening right. which is great for us and it's just all part of it and like i say it kind of just comes down to the role and the project and a lot of times like there there's There's just great, interesting things happening in the genre because of my path maybe that's like what I'm up for more but I love that.
0: I hope you keep taking these great roles. Oh yeah. I mean (laughs) you seriously you're so great at them. It's amazing to watch you. Just you take the character to these great lengths and
3: directions and Uh it makes
0: the movie just fantastic.
3: Thank you. And another great thing about watching an actor work in the horror genre is usually in horror films the stakes are always really high. Yes exactly. So you really get to see a full scope of an actor Mm -hmm. in those films. As far as a viewer that's what I love.
4: Wow you're like doing dramatic work even if like the What's going on is supernatural. Like it's still coming from inside of you. <laughs> you know, yeah, your emotions right. are always real.
3: So, what are some of the projects that people can catch you that are in the post production process that are about to come out?
4: I worked on a film called Browse, uh, which is like a dark tech thriller.
3: Cool. Like yeah. Black
4: Mirror. Yeah. So, they're looking for distribution there. I have an episode of The Affair coming out this mm. season. I think that's in October. And that was really fun. And. There's a few things I can't mention that cool. yeah, that we'll see. Hey, nice surprises, <laughs> yeah.
3: Jocelyn! Thank you so yes. much for joining us. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking oh, with
4: thanks you. Thanks for we'll having check me. Check this off I, our bucket yes. list. I feel the same. Thank
3: you. <laughs> awesome. Thanks What's thank
4: making you <laughs> scream at night? That was the Boo Crew
5: Podcast, episode 65.
3: Special thanks to our guest, Jocelyn Donahue. Follow her at Jocelyn Donahue. That's J-O-C-E-L-I-N-D-O-N-A-H-U-E on Twitter and Instagram, and be sure to. Check out all her amazing projects from House of the Devil to the Frontier, Dead Awake, Summer Camp. The list goes on. If you're listening to this at the time of release,
0: God Your Sleep is in theaters everywhere this November. Till next time, it's the Boo Crew saying,
1: see you on the other side. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Boo Crew Podcast. Haunt the Boo Crew at TalesFromTheBooCrew.com. Tales from the Boo Crew on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Twitter at TalesFromTheBoo. The Boo Crew is tim time bomb leone d'antonio lauren and trevor shand austin wilkin and rachel tejada the boo crew is produced by lauren shand chopped and sliced by trevor shand the boo crew is a tsp creation part of the bloody disgusting podcast network
0: bye